0: Cheryl, thanks so much for joining us on uh, Game Changers. Uh, I guess I want to start with the the rivalry series that uh, has started already for this year between Canada and the US, and just how important it is to grow the game of hockey to have a series like this every year.
1: I, I think it's unbelievable. And I think the biggest thing there is the visibility of it, right? So you've got one of the greatest rivalries in all of sport in Canada and the United States, and it's best on best. And so many people love to see best on best whether it's men or it's women any sport because it's the best there is and so when the rivalry series started that's what it was all about it was all about getting that best on best making it visible and then of course getting people in the building to let them see the best on best performances of some of the best players in the world and so for me it goes to different communities which i think is critical it goes to different communities where often they have minor hockey organizations and they really try and generate a ton of interest around it and of course in canada it's always electric it's coming to kitchener in sarnia in december so really looking forward to that but i think the biggest thing for me is is allowing it to garner a little bit of momentum. And that's what it does. And everyone sees the product, they love it. And and that's what it's all about. Because they always say, if you drink the Kool-Aid and you like it, guess what, you keep drinking it. And I think that's the big thing, getting people in the building. Coming from uh, Tempe as well as LA, it wasn't as big there, but that's also about growing, growing the game, right? Getting people to, to see it for the first time for some, and for others, they love to come back anytime it's in their community. So for me, the visibility piece would probably be the biggest thing and then of course these women actually playing games i think that's been a big part over the last few years without a professional league or sort of one unified league um, if you will that a lot of these athletes weren't playing consistently. So the rivalry series was something that everyone looked forward to. And I know that I continue to look forward to it and continue to broadcast it into uh, 23 or 24 because there's a great series that's going to happen uh, through Saskatchewan into Minnesota to cap it all off.
0: And, and it's important to grow the game for young girls to see the best players in the game, going at it and say, that's a stage uh, I want to get to and uh, for the young Canadian fans, it's deja vu all over again because the series started the same way it did last year, where Canada had to storm back and win four in a row. Uh, what about the first two games this year? Were they similar to last year? Is you know Canada uh, has another uphill climb here?
1: Oh, they do have an uphill climb. Although they, like you said, they were able to do the reverse sweep and and, and win straight games to clinch the series. But for me, the United States, in particular, in the second game in LA, they just. They were fast, they were hard on the puck. They had a lot of uh, familiar faces in terms of players that have come out of the NCAA or within the NCAA right now who have had some games under their belt to start the season and they really showed it. I mean, they were fast, they were free, creative, and the United States typically have had a very good transition game, so they've always looked fast. And I felt they looked incredibly in sync uh, John Robleski, their head coach, was very happy with their second game in particular. Because they were very strong on the puck as well. And the Canadians spent a lot of time in their own zone, but they spent time in their own zone and they were forced turnovers because the Americans were so heavy on the wall below the goal line. And then if you give them the puck, if they're able to retrieve it, guess what? They're going to make some magic happen. And Aaron Frankel between the pipes, uh, getting a good one in their first game. Um, in the first game of this series, I think she made 35 saves. So a lot going on there, but I think there's some a lot of youth coming up. Um, the skill set within the game is just absolutely incredible. The way these women shoot the puck but some of the old familiar names and I I say old but I mean that lightly players like Hillary Knight Ooh, they they were dominant in the series and one thing that John Robleski had talked to us about was the fact that he when he's choosing his team as he looks ahead to the Olympics in, in in Milan is that he wants to ensure that there's an upward trajectory so that his young players are doing this and at the very least his older players are plateauing, not on the decline. And so that was pretty interesting to me because he is quite young. He does have a lot of youth and skill, but that was his mandate now that he has sort of signed that contract as the bench boss through the Olympics uh, in 2026. So a lot to look forward to. I'm telling you, you say visibility. It reminds me of 2002. Now that I'm broadcasting, so many of these women watched it for the first time after the Olympic Winter Games in 02, And so I go into their bio sometimes and I'm looking at it and I'm like, Their dream was born there their dream was born watching in 02 and so for me that's how empowering the visibility can be it might be one moment that you have your aha moment if you're a young girl or young boy watching the game could be an adult parent grandparent where you make that connection so to me that visibility is is critical
0: yeah it's that's why it's so important to get the best players uh on the world stage and and when you talk about national teams i'm always fascinated no matter what sport or or what gender As players age, how does that national team handle? Okay, we've got a veteran player. Do we keep them uh, for community? Do we want to bring somebody in? That's not an easy task. People always say, oh, it's an all-star team. You could throw Canada and U.S. You have to have the right chemistry. We've seen... Terrific national teams uh, in all sports, you know, absolutely flop because the chemistry wasn't right. And managing the the veterans and the youngster balance is a huge part of national teams, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's a huge part of any team, Gina. Think about it, you know, trade deadliners. So all of a sudden you bring yeah. in a guy at a rental, right? And it doesn't, it just doesn't work. And you think that that fit is perfect. You're like, oh, that's going to work on that line. And, and there's reason why there's pairings on lines that you're like, wow, you know, he's not as skilled to be on that line, but man, does it ever work. And so it's, it's very similar with a national team. The, the difference is, is that in non-centralization years, so when you're not living and training full-time together, you have to be able to bring someone in to be able to work right away. So that puzzle piece doesn't have the luxury of time. And so when you're in a short-term tournament, it just, it has to work. So often coaches tend to go with what they know. And this is great sort of, can be great in the short term, but not as great in the long term. Because for me, you know, there are a number of young athletes that are out there that don't necessarily get a sniff. They might come to a rivalry series and they get, you know under 10 minutes and they get one of the two games and i'm sitting there going well how are you ever going to see how are you going to figure this out experience is getting in those games making those mistakes and learning but sometimes they're not afforded that opportunity more than that one time because it's because their window uh and they don't have that sort of the, the longevity of of, of a, a long training camp or evaluation process uh, over the course of a year, whereby they can do it. So, so for me, it's, it's a delicate balance. I, I do think the Americans are, are younger in terms of that, and Canada has held on to some of theirs even longer. But then you do look at someone like Hillary Knight, and she's still there. She's growing. She's developing. But yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting, interesting piece because when you have pieces like Breanne Jenner and mm-hmm. Poulin, and you know that they go together, yeah. you know that... You might split them up, but, you know, in a, in a crunch or if you're down a goal, you can throw them together. It's real difficult to mess with that kind of chemistry. But the other side of it is there's a lot of young girls out there that are or young women, shall I say, that are very, very talented that may be able to get into that mix. They just need more of an opportunity to, to show you um, in time to be able to read off of players like that. Because, as you know, some of the best in the world, they're, they're sometimes difficult to play with because they, they're so creative that you also have to be sort of on that same mindset and mind frame to know where they're going to be and how to get them the puck.
0: Uh, totally, it's uh, it's not just putting two, you know, a, a guy who has a lot of assists and a guy who has a lot of goals or a girls uh, together, and saying, "Oh, they're going to no. be perfect chemistry." It, it sometimes, it, you know, it's it just yeah. sometimes uh, surprises you how the how the chemistry comes together. Uh, we should never be surprised about the intensity between Canada and the U.S. Uh, we could play tic tac toe, and it would be an intense rivalry. Um, but how about the rest of the world? Are we starting to see, and and you would see it, no matter who you were playing, they would get up against Canada and the U.S. would get the same. Um, getting excited and competing are two different things. Are we starting to see that intensity uh, increase and, and the competition increase against some of the other top countries in the world as well?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing, it, it takes time, right? It takes time. So I, I'm going to go to our U18 and, and have a look there because anytime I'm looking at sort of what's at the senior level, you got to look at what's underneath it. And so what are the players like there and, and, and do they have the capability um, and the trajectory to be efficient on their national team? So you go to the, the most recent World Championship, uh, U18 World Championship, where Sweden played in the final. And yes, it was a blowout by the time you know that happened in the final, but they got there. You know, the Americans did not make that final game. So you look at players, right, like like Miri Yangakar on the back end. I mean, she's just so agile and she can manipulate the blue line. She's got a bomb of a shot. Um, Physical, she's got that physical element. And so now all of a sudden you feel that success on the international stage at that U18 level. And then now you're up with the senior team. It is a little bit different, but you've competed with Canada underneath. So there's that feeling like we can can do this. And so I, I do think that a team like Sweden, who... was was great in 2006 and then dropped off the map of course we played them in the final uh inter in italy and then dropped off the map i think we're starting to see a little bit of uptick as former athletes are getting involved in their programming and different coaching and then of course i'm always uh, a proponent of finland i think that they've got some of the best players in the world and they've got some really good youth um, that presents uh, a ton of speed and and their coaches always said that they they've always had you know a line or even two lines that can compete against the best in the world. And and now, of course, um, they believe that they've got secondary to be able to help that and facilitate that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our bronze medalist in Czechia, right? Uh, Carla McLeod working her magic as a coach there who will now be a bench boss for the PWHL in Ottawa. And just the strategy she has and how she gets the confidence out of every athlete on her bench. And what I mean by that is in the, in the last two World Championships, I've had the opportunity to call with Kenzie Lalonde. We've witnessed sort of a change. So the first period against the U.S., you know, Czechia, you know, they're, they're overwhelmed. And she, she calls that timeout, just to ask them, take a breath. And then they start to climb a little bit. You can start to see the belief in their puck possession and not just throwing it away. And so I think a lot of that will really matter as some of her athletes are now coming into this professional league uh, and will have the opportunity to play day in and day out in it. So, so I think there's a, a lot of pieces there, but Czechia is certainly an up and comer because they've gotten a taste of that success um, being bronze medalist back to back. So I, I think there's some real good stuff there, but I think all the time we look at Canada, and the United States, but remember it's a tournament and it's one game yeah. when you get to one game, yeah. it, things can happen
0: totally and and I had the privilege of covering the SO Cup uh, last year in uh, Prince Albert and you know you're right. right the the youth for Canada is in good hands as the, as we continue to produce good players that uh, we'll, we'll go on to play in the uh, PWHL or, or for the uh, national team. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the future of the game and, and not mention a certain Slovakian star. Oh, in, uh, I know where you're in, going. In, uh, Nella, uh, and Nella Lopez-Sunova. And I'll just throw some highlights uh, up here as, as you talk about this youngster who is really, uh, thanks to social media, really given the women's game a boost and, and set the game on fire with some of her incredible play.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about game changer. Uh, Nalushanova is a game changer. And during this championship, we we did a top five of her goals. I mean, I, it was a highlight reel. And, and normally, you know, you might have a game in a, a, a tournament or a goal in a tournament where you're like, that was pretty dang good. Well, I, I'm telling you, she just kept going. She just kept going. Whether it was the Michigan or or whether you know she was she was walking or dancing around someone and. And what she did for her country is, is she kind of put them on the map in terms of her playing for her country. And what I mean by that is, you know, her organization, her team, she was playing for, the franchise started to sell her jersey, and it's funny because at trade day, I think it was trade deadline, Craig Button comes on the set and he's like Pounder, I got something for you, and I was like, what, what? And it's this green jersey, and it was Nella's. and I thought, how amazing is this? that we're not just talking about someone from Canada or the United States, that we're going outside the box here. We're talking about an elite talent who is gonna be an absolute difference maker on the international stage. And think about the visibility as she comes into her own, the visibility of of the young girls Slovakia who can watch her compete watch her play they know her name all of a sudden she's branded and guess what now all of a sudden people are inspired and that's exactly what she did at the u18 she inspired with her skill set and i'm telling you i'm glad i didn't have to play against her because (laughs) she would have dangled and i was a stay-at-home defender and i played against some greats like natalie darwitz and chrissy wendell but man oh man she's got a real gift. I remember this one with, with the Michigan. She comes around, no one was really expecting it. She sees the goaltender, she sees the, the shoulder drop, and she says, yeah, you know what, I'm going to give that a shot, and, and she puts it in. So I think the highlight reel for her is going to continue on and on, Dean. Um, just, I mean, she isn't even close to her potential. Think about the, the training from a physical element that she can do Uh, in the next few years to make her stronger and think about if her first few strides are are just a little more powerful what she can do so to me it's pretty incredible uh, what we're seeing with her look at that i'll just pluck it up turn the hands over flip it top cheddar i mean unbelievable to have that wherewithal and you know what i remember saying on the broadcast it was a right play yeah and when we did the top five i said it was a right play you know, that there wasn't a moment where she could have moved that puck to the middle of the ice where someone was in a better spot and she recognized the coverage and she made them pay. So I think it's pretty exciting. And uh, I think she's just an electric player who's only going to get better. And of course, she's in North America right now uh, following her studies there. So I think a lot of people are getting more familiar with her and what she brings on a daily basis.
0: I th- I think you nailed one thing there. The Michigan now is no longer a showboat play. It's a yeah. skill play. It's no different than guys going between their legs or girls going between their legs and scoring. So I think it's great. And the other thing, I kind of look at a Gretzky effect here with her in that when Wayne Gretzky was traded to LA, hockey exploded. Hockey is going to explode uh, in Slovakia on the women's game when they are seeing... Her highlights ahead of some of the, I mean, she had uh, a better year than Slavkovsky did against the men in, in one of the leagues that she played in. I mean, well, this. I, I think this game is going to explode because of her in Europe.
1: Well, and you and you said it earlier with the visibility of her, people know her name. Mm-hmm. And how important is that? If you know someone's name, whether it's Poulain, whether it's Lapushinova, whether it's Hillary Knight, you tune in because you've heard. You've heard that, you know, there's a talent there and you want to see it. So this is very exciting for, for me, who has been in the game for a number of years, but to see it from the context of Slovakia, it's not Finland, it's not Sweden, right? Yes. And, and now the the young girls that say, I, I, want to, I want to play like Nella. And that's where you get the buzz. That's where all of a sudden, you know, you start to garner momentum because let's face it, You've got to increase your grassroots numbers if you want growth, if you want development. And so I think that's a critical piece is that when you have one of your own, especially with, when you're talking about national teams and there's such a sense of pride around the jersey and putting it on. And when you can identify that with a particular player, like I think about my daughters, they have a favorite player, you know, on, on the national team. Uh, I had a favorite player, or you have a favorite player on a team. And in the women's game, we haven't known those franchises and other organizations outside of our, you know, our two countries or outside of, you know, Canada and the United States. So now all of a sudden people say, Slovakia is playing. They're like, oh, Nella? And, and that's the, the, the hook, line and sinker. That's, that's the, you know, let's, let's get them. And then she's, she's going to show you. She's going to show you a talent that you're gonna come back for him because it's gonna make you smile. It's gonna make you go, yeah, like oh, she's God. got it. And so you're right. I think uh there was nothing more exciting. I know Kenzie and I were just thrilled like to be putting these top fives together for TSN Sports Center, where she was the top of the show. But think about that in North America it's at incredible. a U18 women's hockey championship, and she is the top of the show, she is the highlight, she is our intermission, she is, and I think that is such a huge, huge piece. And I think she actually went into one of our NHL broadcasts in the intermission because we wanted to highlight what was happening over in Europe during that championship and some of the new stars that we could align ourselves with and some uh, of the other youth watching that could align themselves with. So, you know, the guys knew her name by the end of that. And they were like, this kid is awesome. And I think that's infectious. Um, And I think that it keeps, keeps eyes on the women's game. And when you have a talent like that, and when you have a talent like that, you showcase it.
0: Yeah. she She's going to be known as just Nella. It's going to be like first name uh basis. And well, it's are,
1: way easier to say Nella, isn't it?
0: It, it is. I How think we're going to see Nella shirts everywhere. Right. It's, 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 yeah, it, it yeah. it's amazing. And she's going to be, you know, front and center at some point, I'm guessing in the uh, Professional Women's Hockey League, which, you know, I think we should uh, spend some time on. She she will, you know, the teams must be drooling already. She's in the United States, but this league is starting to grow. and And you mentioned it before about there were leagues, but there was always... Um, I don't know, just a separation. It's like when the NFL and the AFL were separate or whatever. Now we have one league. We have proper backing. I mean, the buzz in the hockey world for this, you, you tell me what it's like because uh, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see teams you know, maybe get out West and things like that. But tell me about the buzz for the PWHL right now.
1: Oh, September 18th is what I'm going to go back to, the draft day. Dean, I'd like had tears. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy and whatever. It's just when you've been a part of the game for so long and you love it, you love it and you, you coach in it, your daughters play it and you know what the potential is for the women, you know, how well they developed and how the game has grown and changed in terms of its skill set. And now there's finally an opportunity. And what I mean, finally, and yes, there's been the PHF, um did a great job and as well as a cwhl but i'm talking about a backing of you know how many dollars and a, you know not a splintered league but a unified league and to have the resources and this is the biggest thing for me is the resources and platform available to be able to make it visible so buildings that suit the women's game at this moment to present vibe and energy. Um, It's kind of surreal for me. I I did say on the broadcast that I felt like pinching myself. I I love the fact that it was on all the media platforms on that day to really get it out there. And and it went out and it went out hard. And there were alumni coming through the building and not alumni national team members, but alumni who, who I skated with growing up who came, just to see it happen just just to be there in that moment and say it's here and, and that for me was just so empowering and then to see the women come in on the carpet and just the the, the you know the euphoric look like the glow like you know when when people are just so intrinsically happy that there's a glow that they give off a glow and and everyone i mean the vibe the energy it gives me chills because it was the glow and so now that it's happened and these women have the facilities to train the facilities to get the proper treatments the the focus the their primary focus being their job to play the game they love and do you know to perform uh, at a best on best clip, to me, that's you know that that is that has been the dream, um, and so they're 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 about to live it, and I just think it's 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 unbelievable that there are now there's now going to be an opportunity to watch it day in day out, and so I'm always encouraging um, athletes, parents, grandparents, whatever, buy a ticket. Get in the building, make your own decision as to whether you like it or not. Give it a shot, um, because these women are now not leaving the game in their prime. And I think that's a big thing for me. You know, coming out of college, coming out of school, we're not losing our highly educated players to a job because they can't, you know, they, they can't just play. They have to work. And so now their focus can be on playing in their prime and developing. And I think you're going to see the product escalate as well, which is something that I know that I'm very excited for, as well as all the people I'm around are are very excited for. So very passionate about it. uh, Very, very excited about it. And it's a long term vision, right? It's not like, you know, they've come in and said, all right, this doesn't work in two years. We're done. It's like there's an understanding that this is a process um, and, you know, there's a vision that's long term to give it the greatest opportunity to be successful
0: yeah and 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 people are getting involved i mean brian burke to me uh is one of the nicest men that i've had a chance to to chat with he comes across as a very gruff uh exterior (laughs) but man he cares about the game at every level uh and every gender and and to to be able to have him involved i think must be a, a big thing for this league and 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 knowing that people aren't just saying Oh, yeah there's that league over there they're saying we're getting involved in this league over there because it has the best players in the world
1: and and, and that's what you need because you know he's, he's well known obviously for what he's done in the men's game and he's got a strong voice and a personality that he can bring to the game and he's got the experience to go with it and so you know you got the pedigree you got the experience and so now all of a sudden you know you you want to be taken seriously because you are serious and so you have someone like Brian Burke lend themselves to it and and want to see it succeed and and lend their expertise to the game, uh, knowledge, advice, all of that stuff, and it just becomes it's it becomes so critical because not only do you get buy-in from everyone around him, but he's he's put his stake in the ground um, and said these women deserve the opportunity. They're great athletes. They need the facilities, they need the resource. This is what they need. I've seen it on the other side. This is what they need to be successful. So to me, it's, um, it's always about the, the people surrounding uh, you that help you be successful. And you look at the people that have been put in place, the, the GMs of the teams and the coaches of the teams, that there's experience, uh, the qualified nature of it, um, to put their, their franchises, their, their organizations, their teams in the best position uh, to to be successful and, and see it uh, really resonate within the communities that they're in. So uh, yeah, I think it's great. And the personnel, the people, I mean, you need good people, you need qualified people. Um, you don't just need anyone, you need qualified people um, that have the brain and the acumen to, to be difference makers uh, within the game. And uh, I think they've done a good job.
0: And, and now it's that there's an equal dream. I mean, you said it before, uh, young girls would get uh to a certain age and be like okay i i guess i'm done and now there's an equal dream of i can play professionally just like my brother or just like my cousin or just like my husband or whatever it might be right i want to be at the top level which is how it should be and it in it and we're getting there so i i love it and i i just think it's it's overdue honestly
1: well, I, I mean, I had conversations with Jaina years ago, and I've had conversations every year, and it, I was getting fatigued, to be truthful, I was getting frustrated, fatigued, like everyone else, um, but ne- there had been no, no further growth, and I would have argued, you know, a year ago, a couple of years ago, that, you know, were we, are we better off than we were when I finished playing in 2008? Like, are we better off? You know, and so, because you know, we had parody, and we had, you know, yeah, we paid to play and yeah, we did this and yeah, but are we any steps closer? I thought we would have been so much closer by now. So I think there was a lot of frustration as we've gone, but then you think about the galvanized group of the women that took a strong stance in this, um, put their careers on hold since 2019 um, to really, to push for, you know, a, a league that they thought would be viable um, and something that would have all of the, um, as i mentioned earlier the resources to to be able to to be professional and be paid uh consistently and so you know they they sacrificed a lot and so for when it happened i was not i was so so happy but again i think all that frustration just lifted because and that was that kind of moment on september 18th where i just had to step back and go ah like finally like it, it happened like am i really here that it's happened because there's just been so just been so polarizing the last few years um and at the end of the day you you always want people to be able to play the game that they love and play the highest level that they can play and you know tough decisions are made along the way but for me it was more about like okay finally like there's 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 movement and it's happening so i have like i've said to my daughters if you want to cheer for aaron ambrose or natalie spooner you can cheer for day in day out now or if you want to cheer for you know, William Nylander or Kale McCarr, like you can, you have a choice. And that is the biggest thing for me as a coach in the female game. You know, I can call up clips from their games. I can call up clips from the NHL games and I can call up clips from the PWHL and let them decide who they want to go back to. And I think that's pretty, pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. Cheryl, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'd love to get you back and dive into your both of your careers, your playing career and now your broadcasting career because I think oh, yeah. uh, you do a, a hell of a job on, uh, on the broadcasts. And uh, I know you. uh, your uh, work with Craig Button, who I've had a chance to work with, and uh, there's not really many nicer people than Craig. So uh, uh-huh. I, I love the job really? that you guys do, and I'd love to get you back and talk a little bit more about your careers
1: yeah i would love it dean thank you so much and we do have to give a shout out to craig because i'll tell you what he's answered the call anytime especially at the junior level when he knows those players so well and i give him a call and i'm like so craig what you know what do you think of uh, of this player and he just you know he gives you he doesn't give you cole's notes let's put it that way he gives you all the notes and so you know i always say it's about surrounding yourself with incredible people um that, that have your back and this is a guy that just he wants the people he's around to be successful and and he he provides the best environment he possibly can for them. So he's a pretty amazing guy.
0: Yeah, like a good teammate should be. And I'd imagine yep. that's exactly how you are as well, Cheryl. Thanks so much for joining me on Game Changers, and we'll chat soon.
1: Thanks, Dean.